0: Welcome to Connecting with Coincidence with psychiatrist Bernard David Beitman, M.D. Dr. Biteman is the founder of the Coincidence Project. The project encourages people like you to tell each other coincidence stories. To learn more about Dr. Biteman's work, put Connecting with Coincidence in your web browser. You'll find his book, his Psychology Today blog, and the interviews from this podcast. And now your host, Bernard Biteman, M.D.,
1: Welcome to Connecting with Coincidence. I'm your host, Dr. Bernie Beitman, MD. If you wish to support us here at Connecting with Coincidence, please like and subscribe. Increasing our subscriber numbers increases our reach. And if you're watching us on YouTube, please write us one of your coincidence stories in the comments section. I will reply. During my first year, as a psychiatric resident, a third year resident, dropped this puzzle on me. He said, Bernie, your problems walk into your office, which I was able to translate uh, that sometimes your patient's problems mirror your own problems. Well, Jungian therapist Yvonne Tarnas, who was a guest on this show a few months ago, wrote her phd dissertation on this subject packed with case illustrations and analysis it's a real thing it happens the psychological mirroring also takes place outside of therapy if you decide to look for it my friend amalia was having trouble deciding whether or not to meet me somewhere sometime i was eager to see her she said that she has trouble deciding things with other people because she can't tell if she is responding to what they want or what she wants. Her mind is a good mirror of my mind as well. I have trouble distinguishing my trying to please someone versus my trying to do what I wanna do. And I sometimes don't know where to draw the line. Perhaps our guest today has some experiences with this psychological mirroring this coincidence form. Just started, just started her career in finance where she learned about numbers, strategy and leadership. So she then switched focus using a degree in psychology as her lever. Then she, then she started on her own new career, facilitating and coaching others, which she now combines with writing and program directing. She's been coaching both individuals and teams since 2001. She has houses both in France, where we're talking to her now, and also in England. Her clients include multinationals in healthcare, professional services, banking, creative, education, manufacturing, publishing, and engineering industries, as well as the public and not-for-profit sectors. The people she coaches appreciate her approach, which is warm, challenging, and rooted in practicality. Using hard, soft, and intuitive, intuitive information, she gets to the heart of complex and opaque professional issues. So whoever she engages will rapidly find answers. Welcome Jessica Price Jones to Connecting with Coincidence. Hi, Bernie. It's a great pleasure to be here with you. Thank you for inviting me. You're very welcome. Glad that uh, I found you and uh, Christian was uh, a great connection. Christian Bush was the guy who connected us. And this whole thing about connecting with each other is connecting with connecting. We got to connect and more and we got to do stuff together. Now, you've had uh, a lot of um, experiences with intuition. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk today about what you mean by intuition. And as we discussed earlier, you, you and I, uh, you may specialize somewhat in precognitive knowing. So why don't you tell us one of your favorite pre-co- precognitive knowing stories as a lead into our discussion of intuition. So
0: I, I don't know whether you want the, the one that well, I suddenly went, oh, my God this isn't what somebody says it is, or do you, whether you want me to do, you know, here's how I got out of a really tight situation. Which one do you prefer?
1: The tight situation.
0: Oh, okay. The tight situation. So um, I was going to just tell you before about how a ring, which I had inherited, which was supposed to be this enormous, you know, trophy ring, and it was going to get me out of a hole financially at some point in my life. And then when I was in that financial hole, I went to the, bank where the ring was and i knew that when the valuer came in he was going to tell me it was worth nothing and that's what he did (laughs) and i said it's not worth anything and when he said it was not worth anything i i said i know um i already knew that beforehand how soon before
1: how soon beforehand did you know it
0: i was waiting for him like 10 minutes 15 minutes before and then it i realized before i'd met him he was going to tell me it was worth nothing and um, someone had taken the ruby out and replaced it with a piece of glass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that
1: that was okay. <laughs> that, one, that one is a little suspicious to me because it was either going to be worth something or not. And usually yeah. we are able to be afraid of the worst thing and conjure that up as a possibility. No, so I just I, had a certainty. So for me. Now, that's the, that's the difference here yeah you, absolute you know, certainty you that that's the difference uh and honing intuition yeah. requires being able to recognize when you get a sense of something yeah. that it's probably right and that takes practice to be able to do it yeah. it takes I, I think you're right
0: yeah i, I think you're right but I, I think i've been doing it all my life
1: yeah and, um, then, yeah, and you've gotten confirmation of yes. you being correct. So yes. when, when you get a feeling thought, I'll call it a feeling thought, into your head, it's almost as good as like being able to look at me and knowing that I exist out here. It's that real to you. It's that real
0: to me. And it's just, I, I know that that is the case. So it's knowing what I know without knowing how I know it. Is then, how I describe it
1: that's the line and it's the it's the standard line really yeah. once you once you start listening to it but it needs to be said often it, intuition mm-hmm. is knowing something without knowing how you know it I also have a, a variant called I call human GPS in which yeah. you know how you you got to where you need to be but you don't know how you got there
0: <laughs> and, and, and I think human GPS is really useful and has guided me a lot in my work And so, you know, all the work that I've ever done has always turned up because I've been in the right place at the right time and the right person has come along. But I haven't known that that's what it was going to be. So I had two huge breaks. And one was because an old boss of mine was passing through London and he said, come and have a coffee with me. And so I hung around to have a coffee and and then he said, hey, why don't you just stay and meet my next guest? And I said, sure. And I met a guy called Michael Hay. And Michael was teaching at London Business School. And I had just set myself up as this coach and I didn't have a sniff of work. I mean, not a sniff of work. <laughs> and I was running around saying, this is what I do. And I was feeling totally fraudulent underneath because you know, I didn't have any clients. And, <laughs> and I met Michael and Michael said, oh, I'm looking for someone like you. Could you come in and talk to me tomorrow about what, it, what you do and how you do it? And I went, sure, and I said, hey, listen, why don't I just do you a, a pilot? It won't cost you anything. and Do you a pilot for some of your group? And he said, yeah, that'd be great. And literally a week later, I had 10 days work, and that was my first 10 days work. But that was at London Business School. And the minute that you work at London Business School, other people think you must be kosher. I didn't disabuse him of the fact. <laughs> so... And I did. I built a business on the back of that one meeting. I mean, if I hadn't said, "Sure, I'll hang about," Um, you know. And it's the same. uh, I I met a woman at a drinks party, which I nearly didn't go to. And then I thought about my friend Jane, who'd put it together and done all the shopping, the cooking, the prep. And I thought, I've got to go. And you know, I was absolutely—I was toast, as we say. I was, I was finished, I was at the end of my thread. And I turned up and I chatted for a long time to this woman who, <laughs> I don't know if you've ever ever seen Gordon Ramsay, the kitchen program, the chef. Yeah. She, was, she was making that program. So I talked to her a lot about what she did. And three days later, I got a call, could I please get in touch with her? And I thought, oh, she wants some coaching. Cause we talked a lot about what I did and you know, what she was looking for and her stress points in life. And it was for a screen test. And I had a, that completely kind of changed my career at that point too. And so, you know if I hadn't gone along and I just think, you know how those two moments have been pivotal in my life and my interests. But I think a lot of people's life is like that. You, you see it with hindsight. You, you, you do see you, it, you, you do see it in hindsight.
1: And so it, it's easier to make a story up afterwards than before. And a lot of people do that, including the CEOs you talk with. They, they make up stories about how they made a decision and why they went this way. But it really didn't work out that way. It really didn't happen that way. It came out of like, who knows how. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> we, we love making up stories. But here, we get a chance to only, in retrospect, see what happened. That's We don't know yeah. what's going to happen. Intu- intuitively, you might. Um, I mean, I, and that's another question. But it's that moment when you say, I don't know if I want to go. Yeah. I don't know if I want to do that. I mean, okay, do I have the time? Mm-hmm. Okay those are the best times to go i think because uh, i don't know why yet but those (laughs) those appear to be the best times. we can do the research on it. there's a lot of research that can be done in all this um that has that that we still need to be thinking about we need to raise the questions better but something made you say yes Mm
0: -hmm. and it felt like i can even recall the moment because i was in the shower thinking oh you know this is going to be a pull your energy up by its bootstraps moment and i was going am i prepared to do that and i was you know i, I got into the shower thinking no and i came out of the shower going yes <laughs> and, and so that was, that, that, that was kind of my human GPS, if you like.
1: <laughs> well, it started you in that direction. It's like, that shower is another place to get good ideas, it really is. Uh, it, I, I think so. <laughs> I walk out of there with, I gotta go write them down, yeah. uh, stuff that happens in the shower.
0: My daughter, for my daughter is chopping veggies and um, she's a designer and she only gets her good designs when she's, she describes it as tuned in. And um, so tuned in. And, and when she her best designs come like that i mean really really quick and uh she's a, a shoe designer but she gets into that frame of mind often by chopping vegetables so i can go to the kitchen and find like 100 pounds of chopped vegetables not that she's done anything with them <laughs> but i know she's getting into her space
1: <laughs> uh, last month i just posted on my on the YouTube channel where you're going to be um, in about three weeks or so, maybe a month, uh, it was a drummer. Oh, yeah. And, and he, he gets into the groove with drumming. And when he gets into the groove, he tends to produce images that then become real, that they happen. So he, I understood the groove better than I ever had before, just listening to him. Uh, he, he just got into the groove and your daughter is getting into the groove and what seems yeah. to happen with drumming and she's drumming uh, in her way um, that we lose a sense of ourselves the usual way of feeling ourselves. And there's mm-hmm. the default mode network of the brain that seems to be active during regular life that gets diminished under different circumstances that allows the new ideas to come in.
0: Yeah, I, I know that feeling when I'm writing. And for me, it takes about half an hour, 45 minutes to get into the, the groove. And I, I do it by editing what I've written the day before. Because I, 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 at the end of each day when I'm writing, I think I'm a genius. Here it is, it's all flowing out of me. And then the following day i look at it and go what well, idiot wrote this um but i edit and it's the editing that puts me in the groove and and you know then i can do, write for three hours or, or more with and it feels to me like it's it, i'm not writing it it's writing me is how i describe it and i it just it, it, it's it's effort free and then i i only know i've been doing it a long time because i stand up and my knees go oh dear so and then i go okay yeah
1: okay woo. three hours have gone past so well that's a good descript, that's, a, that's a good description i imagine something like that happens in your consulting work too where you find a groove when you're consulting with people
0: absolutely and I, I think I mean, a lot of my work is is one-to-one but actually i noticed it with the team the other day and i went We've been working together for an hour and a half and I didn't even know that it was kind of an hour and a half. Um, Because I think you get, for me, I get so tuned into what's happening in front of me um, that I lose sense of time. And I'm trying to feel, feel, um, I can only describe as feel the people. I'm trying to um, feel who they are and what's happening for them. Um, And so when you talked about, you know, your, your problems walk into your office, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a parallel process, isn't it? <laughs> You're immediately stuck in that parallel process together. And and you know, I remember one time I was really struggling, you know, with what is leadership. And um, you know, I'd spend a whole day thinking and fretting about, you know, what is leadership. And I went to meet the she was um, chief marketing officer for a bank. And I walked into the room, and she's looking really distressed, and she goes, "But what is leadership?" <laughs> and I go, oh, no. <laughs> so, so I said to her, we, 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 we discussed it a bit, and I was asking her, you know, what she thought, and, you know, what happens if we call this thing cabbage instead of leadership? You know, let's give it a different name, because the name, you can get stuck in a name, can't you? And then I realized I was completely stuck also, so I said, come on, let's go for a walk. Um, because sometimes I think that movement gets you out of it and being in a different place, getting a different perspective on it.
1: Oh yeah. um, Oh yeah. Well, um, that's, so you're thinking about it and she raises the question, the probability of consulting a leader about, as you a leadership consultant, that's pretty good probability there that she's going to be wondering what leadership is, but not that she's going to articulate it to you. That's, what's make, yep. that's what makes it a little different. How about, could you call any other examples of this mirroring uh, with uh, some of your work? I think it's also with colleagues. Oh, please um, do, do colleagues too. Yeah. I mean,
0: you know, when, when I've been going, you um, you know, what, what is my place in this um, with a colleague? They've also been struggling at the same time. You know, and it's not because we haven't had clarity. It's, uh, you know, and, and I think some of your best conflicts happen in that kind of way. I mean, and, and it, it creates a, a resolution in and of itself. So you, it's almost like you need the conflict between the two of you because both of you are having the same issue for it to catalyze something else, um, and for me, it catalyzed me leaving the business that I'd founded.
1: Um, wow. Well, that, <laughs> those are interesting stories because yeah, yeah. <laughs> leave the business you founded. Another guy on the show who was asked to leave the business he founded <laughs> it was a palace <laughs> uprising or something he called it, or something like that. Um, but you decided to leave the business you founded.
0: Yeah, because I get... realized it was making me super unhappy, which is ironic because at that moment I was big time into happiness at work. And I'm going, this is making me very unhappy. At that moment,
1: <laughs> you, were, you were bringing happiness to other people's work, is that what you meant?
0: <laughs> irony, yeah?
1: <laughs> we do irony here, that's good, we do irony, yeah. <laughs> um, and
0: I realized I needed to, to go, to, to move on. And the, I like doing the doing. I was interested in doing the doing and exploring what's there to be explored, and running a business
1: was fundamentally uninteresting to me. I do understand Sorry. that, and <laughs> I, I currently do the same thing with the coincidence thing. I really like doing it, but I am being asked and feel the need to be a leader of the coincidence project. And I mean, the uh, mission statement, <laughs> vision statement, I mean, th- those are really useful actually, now that I think about having done some of it and I'm talking with people, I really do see that. But then being the leader and deciding and what kind of organizational structure are we gonna have, LLC, uh, nonprofit, something in between. It's not, yeah. but this, it's not how this thing works, but it, it's still important decisions to make. But I could see how it gets caught up with money and politics of the people in the group and yeah. all, all the other things that go with it, where you have to pay attention to that rather than get out there and do the stuff.
0: But- yeah. But, um, you know, I, I, rem- I, I, su- I remember when I realized, oh my goodness, this woman is sucking up to me because she wants something from me um, <laughs> in my organization. Oh, this is so not what I'm about um and i'm so not about this political stuff it's, it's it's i wanted to have an organization where none of us had titles because um but that created a whole bunch of competition as well <laughs> so um and then i experimented with telling everybody what everybody else earned which just led to enormous
1: Boy, you're a bad leader. <laughs> well, you actually,
0: I thought it was, I was trying to be transparent and not hide things from people because I think that hiding things from people leads to fundamental unhappiness.
1: Well, it, it's the whole problem of what does honesty mean? Yeah. Uh, like being honest sometimes is really awful to somebody who's hearing it, uh, and it's not nece- It's not necessary either. I mean I've yeah. got people I can be honest with but I need to have a relationship with them yeah. and has to have an outcome that I'm looking for not just trying to be honest because I'm in a group and I got to say it. So what you're ex- experimenting with Jess I am experimenting here. I don't I don't want I want I I want some egalitarianism within some kind of structure where yeah. where the group helps the individual go out and do their thing, which is in our case, coincidence, ambassadoring. That's what yes. I'm trying to have happen and minimize the leadership thing, but play enough of a role in it to, I started the thing. So I got to have some idea of what's gonna happen with it. I'm keeping it going. So there's a there's a leadership role necessary yeah but how do I do it in a way that is in the direction that you're talking about? Because there has to be this thing called money that gets involved. <laughs> Community of practice. I don't know
0: people, yeah. I, I think it's to be worked up by, by a group. Um, that when people come into one thing, expecting right here, you are as the leader and you trying to do something else, it becomes quite difficult to envisage and implement a different way of being. Um, if people haven't created that way, of, been part of, created that way
1: of being. Um, right, well. And yet,
0: you, yeah.
1: Well, so you've seen the problem and uh, you may be part of it. You may be part of the problem, <laughs> too. Definitely <laughs> part of the problem. <laughs> you got to be part of the problem. To make I'm
0: definitely, I was not part of the solution.
1: <laughs> well, we got a problem in this world, which is the sixth mass extinction. And what... I'm hoping that we get to is an elevation of human consciousness and awareness so that we can work together in a way that is workable as mm-hmm. at least a subset of human beings to help do something about this uh, terrible thing that we're all doing to ourselves and our planet. But that's another story. That's, that's, what, that's the bottom underlying method mission I've got with all this stuff. But if you've got some more of these uh mirror coincidences uh i would like to be able to be able to hear them uh and we'll we'll get the intuition with that um mirror coincidences i'm just um
0: i'm i'm i'm, I'm i don't know i i i i am been drawn to tell you the story about um which which isn't Totally. Let's,
1: follow, let's follow your intuition let's follow your okay. intuition
0: <laughs> <laughs> about how when i was in when i was in south africa i went to south africa it was 2001 and i'd gone there to do some diving and riding and i'd never taken any time out by myself um, and i had three young kids at that point and my husband had a demanding job and i just i really needed just a week away and, and we decided that we were going to go to South Africa for a holiday. So I just went a week earlier. And um, when I was there, I was drive, driving back from where I'd been riding, which I, which I hadn't I hadn't been before. And it was this beautiful place called um, the Thousand Hills, and it's all these wonderful rolling hills, as it sounds, all green and, and luscious. And I there wasn't really GPS at that time, and know I kind of knew where I I had to go but I took a diversion because it was going to be quicker and I got to the sun was going down it was the end of the day and I suddenly realized that I was in a township and the I needed to cross the river but the bridge had been washed away and it was getting dark and I realized okay um there were quite about 20 people around me here. And this feels a little bit uncomfortable. It feels a bit hostile. And I needed to turn the car around. And I thought, well, I can't go back the way I've come because that's not going to lead me to where I want to be. So I turned the car around and I went down an, a road, which I can still see now, it was the first road on my left, thinking, well, it might take me along the river to another bridge. And I, I, was, I was feeling super uncomfortable. And I said to myself, oh, what I need now, I need an elderly couple who are hitchhiking and going to where my hotel is, and they're going to ask to be dropped off like 100 yards before my hotel. And that's what flashed through my mind. And I drove around the bend, and there was the elderly couple who was hitchhiking, who were going exactly the direction that where my hotel was. And they said they knew it, and they wanted to be dropped off 100 yards before. So they jumped into the car, and um, there I was.
1: And there, so, and there was the bridge to cross.
0: And there was the bridge to cross, and they took me over the bridge. They showed me where I needed to go.
1: And would and you been to able to find? Right. The, would you been able to find the bridge on your own going down that dark road? Absolutely no way. No way. I mean, no way. There's no so way I would have. They, they found were it. you. You picked up some human GPS. <laughs> Right. The different <laughs> use of the term and you anticipate that you got that precise with an elderly couple. That's yes. pretty funny uh, that you were able to pull that one out somehow. And yes, how do you see that uh, intuitive process happening? What was that?
0: So it's not exactly a mirror image, but it's you know, they were they had a need and I had a need. Yeah. And we were on that kind of same uh, we were linked at that moment in time. Um, we came together at that moment in time to serve each other's needs. So it's not exactly a mirror, but it's a re- it's a kind of reflection.
1: Oh, it is. Of- I mean, it's. I, yeah. I would. Yeah, it is mirror-like. Um, yeah. But the difference here is somehow that you thought of the elderly couple beforehand. I mean, it would have been a mirror mm-hmm. enough just to pick them up, but to have yeah. the image of them beforehand. That makes this even more interesting to me. That he, that popped Yes,
0: but uh, but I wanted an elderly couple because I knew that they would be safe.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So,
0: you know, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, a virile twenty-year-old wouldn't wouldn't have felt safe to me. I wouldn't have wanted to pick one person up like that. You see know what I mean? Yeah. So I was going okay, elderly couple. <laughs>
1: and in, uh, in, a, in a magical yeah. in a magical world, and I'm reading a book called The Magicians now in a magical world, your thought can pr- help produce that elderly couple.
0: Yes. And, and so that led me to then think, you know, am I making all of this up? You know, to, to, to what extent, uh, are we s- sitting in a mirage? So I've, I've gone down that, that route too and going, no, w- we're not in a mirage, but I do believe in these, um, in- invisible links that draw people to your life and that you recognize them at that that moment. So, you know, um, I don't know. I met my husband when I was 21 and I was a student and he walked into the room and I saw him. It was a busy room. Uh, It was a kitchen and there must've been 20 of us in it. And I looked at him and he looked at me and there was, there was a connection. Um, And I, although I had a boyfriend at the time, I said to a really good friend, I met the man I'm gonna marry. Um, this weekend and I'm telling you so when I marry him I have some proof that I've met the man I'm going to marry <laughs> and we hadn't really we would exchanged one conversation that was it
1: um that that's that helps you rely on intuition or whatever you call it what what is intuition what is it, intuition to you Jess so I think for me intuition is
0: um and it's a it's a it's it, I'm not alone in saying this it's, it's knowing what you know, but without knowing how you know it. You absolutely, fundamentally know it, like you know your left hand is, is there. And for me, when I know what I know, it's almost, it's, it's beyond gut. It's almost, it's just, it's a complete sense of rightness. I just know that thing, like two plus two, like my left hand, my right hand, you know, I, I fundamentally know it. And if you said to me, you're wrong, <laughs> There we go. I'm, I'm, I'm not, um, you know, how much you want to put on it. So I would, I would put money on it.
1: And how do you use that in your consulting work?
0: So f- for me, because precognition is one of the things that, um, that I, I do, I quite often just take a little moment to tune in and go, okay, I, I'm meeting somebody new. What is it that I need to know about this person? Um or um so for example I was coaching someone the other day and I thought, okay, I'm just gonna tune into this person. What's going on for her? Um and it was in fact it was just before I'd I'd signed a book contract half an hour before, and um all I was getting was books. And I went, No, 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 get out your own way. Um, you're in your way at the moment. You know, I, I could just see Volumes and volumes of books in books bookshelves for her. And um, anyway, so we get on the we get on a Zoom call and um, she's talking about her, you know, what, what's going on for her. And I said, just just um, humor me here. But when I was thinking about you, um, or, or I could just see lots and lots of books and you know, what's, what's in that? Is there anything in that? And she said, just a minute, and she took her camera and she just tipped <laughs> tipped her camera up and books everywhere. And then she said she had books in suitcases. She had books in it. She had a garage that was full of books. She had books, books, books everywhere. Um, and that her <laughs> her way of Withdrawing from the world, it was into books, and um, so we, we <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't. A, I wasn't a million miles off. If you see what I mean, so that's how I've used it in in my my work. It's just like, okay, what's happening for this person? What is it that I need to know for them? How might how might that inform me?
1: What I get from your book story is that it helped you engage the woman in your relationship with her by suggesting you knew something about her. Um,
0: Yes, now it's not, I wouldn't do that for everybody and and tell everybody, you know, what was going on, but the the thing that she had brought to me, it it made it applicable. So without saying anything about the subject matter of what she brought to me
1: so it was applicable that's why you said it but sometimes you pick up stuff that you don't say to them just like a good psychotherapist you gotta like know who you're talking with one of my favorite lines is what do you think i think of you i wouldn't do that as as i I don't i don't say that i it's, it's, it's it's a challenge yeah to to be able to think about what the other person thinks of you
0: yes and transference and all the rest of it you and know. all the rest
1: so it, it's very psychotherapy like mm-hmm. what you're doing at least that's the way i think about it especially the one-on-one and even in groups but a lot of one-on-one yeah. so when you walk in you pick up or even before you pick up something about that person and these are yeah. and these are somewhat like mirrors i mean it's not but sometimes it's going to be about you too that's about mm-hmm. that person You've gotta have run into people uh, who have wanted to quit being the leader of their organization. You've gotta have run into that already. That you might've run into such a person while you were thinking about quitting yours would seem like a likely possibility. Totally, totally. I remember the first time I did it it was a CEO of a bank who'd wanted to
0: see me. And um, (laughs) I walked in and I was, you know, he was CEO of a bank, I was a little bit nervous you know going oh well, I wonder what we're going to get here why did he ask for me and he'd seen me do some talk and and uh, he's he he loathed his job absolutely couldn't bear it and he was stuck in it because he'd got himself a lifestyle that went along with being CEO of a bank and then you know how do you get yourself out of that lifestyle not so easy um but he said that every time he saw his chairman, you know, the only thing that he had on the tip of his tongue was, I hate this and I want to leave. Um, and he couldn't. It was very hard for him to admit that to himself.
1: So anyway, that's why he wanted to talk to me. Was that um, was that uh, perhaps around the time you were thinking about leaving your job? Your boss? No, it no? wasn't.
0: It wasn't. But he, he came to my mind a lot. when.
1: <laughs> um, Oh, when when I was was, beginning, he was before, he was before, yeah, Uh, yeah, he was before. Well,
0: eh. but that was that was the first time somebody said, I've got to see
1: you because I hate my job. So that got (laughs) so that allowed you perhaps to be more tuned in a little bit to your dislike of your leadership role, no? Yes, yes,
0: totally, yeah. Um, what I never meant to be a leader,
1: (laughs) what, what I'm but sometimes there's an old, there's two old sayings. I'm not so old. Um, the best leaders are those who don't want to be the leader. And the worst leaders are those who don't want to be a leader. <laughs> and I'm guessing because those are two popular things, it's 50-50. <laughs> you, just can't, you just can't tell. Yeah, so you you could, Those are okay. The this mirror idea you're being i'm just looking to to confirm what i'm thinking about i'm just hearing some of what you're talking about but when we talk about your intuition Mm -hmm. which is knowing something without knowing being certain you know something without knowing how you know it that is a that is a step up in the intuitive um uh, and thinking about intuition
0: you know, I, I think there's, there's, there's something that's, that's always kind of knocking on my shoulder going, hang on, is this confirmation bias um, and being s- super careful. And, and that's why sometimes I, I sit and wait on things because, you know, um, okay, let's go out and buy a red Ford. And OK, suddenly there are red Fords everywhere. So that's your confirmation bias speaking. Right. And, but for me, there's something deep seated emotionally and physically which isn't there when it's just confirmation bias. Um, but I think you can get yourself caught in a knot, um, by going, you know, is this, and I have definitely done that to myself. Is this confirmation bias that I'm
1: going with, or is this really an intuition? Um, well, and we're going to talk about when intuition is, but the, yeah. how, how did you get to know the difference between the two confirmation bias and yeah this is right how did you get to that place
0: well i think i've been having these events these certainties since i was four and the very first time um the very first i can remember i was a a four-year-old little girl and i was um jumping over a, a fence and my mother was going jump 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 i was and, and I was going, I don't want to. I know I'm going to hurt myself, and I know there's going to be blood everywhere. And I can even remember that. Anyway, so I jumped. And as I jumped, I stuck my tongue out and I bit it really hard as I hit the ground. And um, I lost a few teeth. And um, I had to eat baby food for a week or two after that. And I remember really clearly eating baby food again, and then blood all down my front. <laughs> um, so that was the so I had c- quite an, a, a good lesson uh, early on, which has stayed with me all my life. And the lesson um, and was the the lesson was pay attention. Um, you, you know, and I think we're very intuitive around three things. I think it's our worries, our work, and our well being. So our worries, our work, and our well being. And so I'm particularly tuned into my well being um i've saved my life a couple of times more than yeah three times that i can that i actively know about um so you know our work we do all the time so you know is it is it our i do think of course there's expertise behind that um you know and you you you, you train your expertise to just know that that's the thing that you're looking at because you've seen it before
1: that, that's the, that's the thing that uh, i think i hope your book on um, yeah work, was working with intuition
0: it's uh, intuition at work
1: with intuition at work okay that's yeah. why i like the double meaning intuition yeah. at work both of them what what i'd like to be able to learn more of for myself mm. and other people to learn is that it can be trained Yes. To pick it up and to make the distinction. I'm going to, uh, as a devil's advocate on this one with your tongue, it to me, it's possible to think that a four year old girl might want to show her mother that her mother's wrong. Uh, <laughs> and, <laughs> Ooh, even at four. Oh, I'm definitely sure. at four.
0: Yeah. Well, it's possible. Of, of course, all things are possible. You know, I'm remembering my four year old self, but
1: it was just the first time.
0: I That's mean, it. and I've had, yeah.
1: yeah. Keep going. It's just the first so time.
0: It was the first time that I understood some, that I had some knowledge that I could or couldn't act on. And I wanted my mother to lift me down. I asked her to lift me down. And my mum was one of those kind of tough, she still is, um, you know. Um, pre-war. <laughs> um, you know, if if you're not ill, get out of bed and do it. <laughs> um yeah. And and shut up and don't complain. I mean, you know, she walks her ten thousand steps every day and um, you know, she still skis and she's eighty three. Oh God. So <laughs> so she's
1: she's tough. She's tough.
0: And I'd have had wa- wanted her to lift me down.
1: So um and, and you wouldn't be her daughter if she had to do that. Cause she no. wanted to get you to be tough too.
0: Yes, and absolutely.
1: So I, I'm gonna I'm still gonna go a little bit with I want to sure. show my mother she's wrong, but it's still you got the you learned at age four
0: mm-hmm. when
1: you got a feeling, even whatever the reason might be and or the motivation, it was a body feeling in you. It was a body feeling. And, and it, it's that's the distinction between the you're making between uh, I'm seeing a bunch of red cars of a certain make where it's more intellectual. This is more physical at where you can yes. feel it at an emotional and a physical level. And that's the way you market as something yes. that's to be believed.
0: That's the way I market as something to be believed. And so, you know, I was thinking that the next time I had, I had a younger sister who died of leukemia when I was 10. And um, when my parents told us that she was ill, I just knew I would not see her again. I just knew. And I said to my mom, is she going to die? And my mom, um, she just said, my mother had said, she's ill, we're going to London, we're taking her to hospital. And I just said, she's going to die. And I just knew she would, I wouldn't see her again. And that was exactly the case.
1: Yeah, and I get a little bit of a feeling of what you felt in your body when you tell me yeah. that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can, yeah, I feel it.
1: You um, you feel it yeah, 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 in your body. It's emotional, yeah, yeah. but it's a physical something yeah. or other. That's the way, you know, and let's talk, let's, let's talk about the way I divide up intuition. Yeah. Sure. These these days, one form of intuition comes from the maybe ten thousand hour thing, where you do something for ten thousand hours, like the Beatles playing in in Germany and learning for and learning how to be a band together by doing it over and over again, or learning as I am doing about coincidences, which I've been studying for a long time. So I learn a lot about coincidences. So I know a lot about them. So when something comes up about coincidences, I can feel something that's right, but it's based on an accumulation of past experiences, kind of like uh, a computer uh, doing Bayesian uh, collection of information, just collecting it and changing each time with new information and getting more accurate about what's happening right now. Then there is the, I don't know where it came from one, where it, it, wells up, which includes a lot of parapsychological things, including precognition. And mom am interested in separating the two because I do get ideas that sometimes come from experience. And so I'm doing psychotherapy when you're doing consulting. I've seen this before, and I don't remember where, but there it comes versus this is a unique, separate, not coming from past experience so much.
0: And that's where it's quite interesting, you know, I, I've to, to, to make life difficult. Um, I've worked with a group, and we do intuitions for each other. So we don't say what we're intuiting about. Um, we, we ask people either to just to think of what it is or to write down what their question is. And then we do blind readings. Um, and for each other and then give each other feedback on, about are you right or are you not right? Because you've got zero information to go on. So then if you've got zero information, it's quite interesting. So for example, yesterday we-, we can,
1: can, Wait a minute, can the group see each other? On Zoom only. On Zoom only. There's so yes. much information on Zoom, uh, I'm able to pick up and I had realized could be possible. So- Okay, let me give you an bit- example.
0: So I've been thinking, I've been thinking for the past few days, I I don't, I'm not the kind of person who soaks my feet, but I've just been thinking, I really want to soak my feet for a couple of days. Uh, I can't tell you why. I've even put a bucket out to put my feet in. So five of us were on a call yesterday and we were just going around the group doing readings for the group. Um, And you get two minutes a person and two people of the four who were reading for me said, Jess, I really feel you need to soak your feet okay <laughs> so um <I'm> like, hmm. <laughs> so you know where do they get that from um,
1: get i can't from? tell
0: you because i have not articulated it till yesterday i have not articulated it i mean even to my husband um i have just think, oh i'll get the bucket put my feet in it um so there we go now how do you pick that up i think that's practice and you, you can do it, you can learn to do that kind of stuff yourself quite easily. So, you know, why don't
1: you, was, why don't you tell us how to do it yourself?
0: So, I think it's just taking the small stuff. So, for example, yesterday I went out to the shops and I came back a slightly different way, which means me stopping at a crossroads. Okay, let's just tune in here. What's happening? Uh, okay, I think that when I get to the crossroads, I'm going to stop and there's going to be a white car coming to the right boom, there's the right car coming, white car coming to the right. Um, So you can just set yourself little things like that. And I keep a a book and I write them down so that I can look at my hit rate. And then you can go, yeah, I was completely wrong on that. Um, And that's fine. And you can then start to, it's um, because quite often what we do is we discount this stuff so it's the discounting oh yes or maybe i did or didn't think that because when it happens after did i really have that thought whereas if you write it down you've got it there um and so i'm a great believer in writing it down and you know who's going to who's going to who's going to your first email in the morning who's that going to be from you walk into a meeting room who's going to be the next person into the meeting room um you know think tune into the meeting you know what's what 's going to happen in that meeting? Who might say what? so you can start to anticipate these things um, and it you know it doesn't need to be difficult or big it's this small stuff to train yourself and uh, to trust your internal self because that's the the hardest piece in this is trusting yourself that you 're not off on a wacky one um, so there we go that's how I would. Begin to do it.
1: I was um, watching you um, tell us about that and trying to pick up what I can about about you and sure. how you are operating. So I was like s- scanning you mm-hmm. as you were scan,
0: scan. Yeah.
1: As, as you were anticipating the white car coming from the right or left. I forget uh, that. I was just seeing how you did that. And what I saw, I thought you doing, was uh, uh, loosening your boundaries with your environment. That mm-hmm. you, are, you are allowing yourself to almost amoeba-like or, or not amoeba-like, but somehow jelly-like, move out your consciousness beyond your body, beyond your sticking it in your head. And allowing yourself to go into what I call our mental atmosphere, which we all have our minds in uh, and this in this mental atmosphere is information and energy. Often they're together in that we can tune into that under certain circumstances, and you are doing it consciously on relatively small things that are about to happen and being able to then confirm that you can let yourself go out there and not be so caught up in your own self and your own selfness, and you're learning to do it consciously, that you're able to then get out there and you get hits, not all the time, but yeah. you get the hits.
0: You do, yeah. and, and and quite often I'll also visualize um, that we are all connected. Um, so you know, I might be um, seeing you as a little point in my my head. So I've got all these little points of light going on, and so that I'm just kind of like traveling to your point of light. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. That's that's the yeah. sort of thing I'm looking for there.
0: Yeah, and then as you say, just like okay, physically, um, what's going on? Yeah. So right now, I've got something in my stomach
1: for you. <laughs> Are you hungry? Uh, that's I was trying to get to. That no, uh, I mean I do eat around this time, okay. and I can feel my stomach. You can call okay. my attention to my stomach, okay. but my mind hasn't been called to my okay. stomach until you just brought that up. Uh, <laughs> but the, uh, the the picture uh, of the piece points of light, and mm. that you can move toward them. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. So so we have a bit of a mirror today because I told you the vision that I. Th- got to yesterday and then today for the coincidence project illuminate our invisible connections and that's what you're doing <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's that's what, that's what you just described so we have an alpha and an omega where i described the vision and you described the vision <laughs> the practice of it, of how to <laughs> yes. make it happen. That's, mm-hmm. I, I appreciate your pragmatism because I, like <laughs> I, I like it too. You just like help solidify that idea in my mind. It's so much more active than what we've been doing is uh, coincidence use around the world or something like that. I mean, that's what we're after, but how to use it in a way that's a short, uh, catchy phrase, illuminate mm-hmm. invisible connections. And that's what you do with, that's mm-hmm. what you just described. Yes.
0: Yeah. Um, that's nice. That's yeah. Nice. That's nice. <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah.
1: Um, it works for me anyway. Well, it works for us right now. I mean, <laughs> that, and how did I, it happen that you and I are talking the day I figured out with the help of a friend of mine who read this phrase i'd written before but elevated to the vision how did it happen that it, well, you and i are ta- these are you and i are talking today and you can help me confirm my belief that that's a better vision statement as now consulting to this leader as you have just done um <laughs> than the one i would had before which i kind of thought before but it's nice to get a confirmation
0: yes that,
1: that's a it's a mind mirror. You just did it with me or somehow we did it together or something. We did it
0: together. We did it together. Definitely. Which
1: is the only way to think about doing it. There's two people involved. Yeah, there's two people involved. And it's a lot of people forget with coincidence. Oh, it's all about me. No, there are two people involved.
0: Yes, although sometimes not, because I do. I remember going to find a house in, in Belgium. And, and maybe this is my human GPS thing that
1: you referred to. It is. <laughs> um you, and, took and, wrong, uh, you took a wrong turn, and there it was.
0: <laughs> I took a... No, I didn't. I didn't take a wrong turn. I did not take a wrong turn. I was going, oh, stuff it. This isn't working. I've been driving around for three hours. I haven't found what I want. And in Belgium, they, um, at the, that point, used to put these signs in the window saying, Tahua, and tahua means for hire. And so you could rent the house. I was driving around, driving around, and I knew kind of where I wanted to be, but there was nothing there. And I thought, oh, I'm turning around and going home. And I had just turned the car around and I had this really strong, really, fun, no, 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 you're doing the wrong thing. Turn the car back. Go left. Go take the left hand turn. Go to the end of the street and it will be there on your left. It was almost like I was hearing instructions. Oh, yeah.
1: And, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, oh, thank you for that one, too, because you have now described the two interesting forms of the non uh, non practice one, the practice based on past history. Uh, uh, you've done the visual one with the f- points of light, and now, and now you've done the voice talking to you yeah. one. Uh, I, I've, I've done that too. Uh, I've tested it out where I decided to see if I could have the voice tell me when to go see somebody. Yeah. I, I wanted to see if I could get to see her when she came out of her house. Only that period of time came out. I wasn't gonna knock on the door, and I did that twice. And, and I had a voice uh, advising me about when to do it. Uh, Winston Churchill had voices talking to him, and it's important for us to know that they are helpful and you're not crazy. One of oh. My, oh. <laughs>
0: my psychologist immediately, when I was saying to her, no, I had this voice telling me, she's going, okay, these voices. <laughs> yeah. I go, no, no, keep calm, it's fine.
1: <laughs> That's part of what the mission of the Coincidence Project is is to be able to alert people that it, ne- it ain't necessarily so. That these are like hints about how we can make things expansively better. Mm. And you're part of that process. And I, we're gonna have to stop, uh, Jess, as we've had a good time here. Um, and I just, uh, I'm, I'm really happy about a lot of things with this, but <laughs> uh, seeing how, how you, expand yourself seeing your vision uh confirming about the voices and uh illuminate invisible connections which you do <laughs> and coincidences do in general so thank you thank you very much for for being with us jess
0: it's been a blast thank you for inviting me
1: <laughs> this psychosphere is our mental at-
0: Like a hologram Of cosmic consciousness